Welcome to the Booker's Alliance podcast, where we hold the pencil and the pencil is power. Coming at you right now is your host, Marky Mark, along with the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Donaldson. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing landscape of professional wrestling. So hang on tight, you jabronis, and enjoy the ride. All right, welcome in, welcome in, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Booker's Alliance podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the man that was the American dream, Americana himself, the son of a plumber, Mr. Dusty Rhodes. And uh, as always, got my co-host here with me, got Mr. Frank and we got a uh, crowd in the studio with us today, so we're all hyped live for the topic. Studio live audience. studio going. Right. Frank, how we doing today, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. I definitely can't complain. I'm excited to talk about our topic today. I'm excited to talk about the common man. The common man. The common man. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the common man, we know that old Dusty is no longer with us, so we wanted to start out the episode today paying our respects to the man. And uh, so let's uh, let's let's crack open a frost. Oh, we got Pop a top for Dusty. Yeah, we got a pop a top. R.I.P. R.I.P. Dusty. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dusty, we thank you, sir, for everything you attributed to the pro wrestling community. And we wanted to acknowledge you and give you your flowers today. And we talk about, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dusty in three different uh, phases here. We're going to talk about the NWA Dusty. We'll talk about WWE Dusty. And then we're going to talk about NXT Dusty. All right. Uh, So, NWA Dusty. uh, Where did that start? Back in the 80s, you think? 70s? Late 70s? Late 70s. He was in Florida, championship wrestling. You know, and that kind of morphed into NWA. So right. he was, yeah, what, mid to late 70s? So I don't know, 78, 79, 80. That's where his run really got started. So, yep. And uh, believe it or not, everybody, uh, Dusty was uh, kind of fit when he first started. Yeah. He, he did. He, I mean, he wasn't like body guy or nothing. No, but, but he, he, was he, he wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> WWE Dusty either. No, the, no. the splotch wasn't as, as splotchy as it ended up being <laughs> towards the end. But, uh, Dusty came out, uh, and, and immediately what got Dusty on the map, uh, promo skills, Mike skills that, that immediately got him on the map talking about, you know, how his life that began in the, in the business and talking about uh, how he was, you know, the common man, the son of a plumber, that whole spin, it made him gravitate towards the audience. Yeah. I mean, he, he knew how to talk to the crowd. He knew who his audience was. He talked, he, he talked the talk that they wanted to hear and, you know, not, too far away from a much later Stone Cold Steve Austin, who, you know, bucked against authority and wanted to, you know, he wanted to stun his boss. And, you know, he related because how many people in the late 90s wanted, wish they could stun their boss or give him the finger or whatever the case may be. And Austin did that, you know, and he learned that from Dusty. Dusty, you know, again, he was a common man and he brought that into the wrestling world where a bunch of common people were paying tickets to see these high-flying celebrities and whatnot. It made him a good fodder for Ric Flair, too, because you had Ric Flair talking about styling and profiling, you know, limousine riding, lipstick kissing, wheeling and dealing. I don't want to steal all his lines, <laughs> so I'm trying to make up new ones, but it ain't as easy as you think. But you you had that, you know, Ric, Ric Flair was glitz and glamour, so somebody had to be in the dirt. Somebody had to be in those trenches, and that's the role Dusty took. Yeah, but even though he was in the trenches, boy, he had some fashion, though. He had, dude, he so had he did, coats going on at he, one point. I, Ric Flair said it many times. 
times on his podcast, you know, if if, if Rick got a fur coat, Dusty had to get a furrier coat. <laughs> or if Rick got a Cadillac, Dusty had to get a bigger Cadillac. Yep. So they were always in that competition, but that wasn't Dusty's character. That was no. Dusty the man. That was yeah. that was Virgil Runnels there. But <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, baby, he had to have the common man. He was the son of a plumber. Man. There, on, you gotta, go. there you go. I got to get my tongue out. Ooh, and, wait a minute. I thought Dusty was in the room. Hold I, I got to get my tongue out to get the list. But Dusty Rhodes, baby, <laughs> he thought he the common man. He got to be the common man. Yeah, baby. I love yeah. it. I love it. I give you a 10 out of 10. There you that. go. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody's got a Dusty impression. Yeah, so. not me. Mine might not, not be. Not me. Mine not might me. not be exactly all par, but get that tongue out there. You can get that lisp going, <laughs> that Cody Rhodes lisp. <laughs> so NWA Dusty, um, the 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 biggest rivalry, of course, NWA Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair horsemen. and his uh, cohorts, the Four Horsemen. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, usually the Four Horsemen, when we talk about the Four Horsemen, we're talking about Rick, we're talking about Arn, we're talking about Tully, and we're talking about Barry. Mm-hmm. That would be the. Four that's horsemen. the best incarnation. Agreed, and and that, that's you know usually we disagree on things, but hey, we'll agree on. That <laughs> hey, one. we've been agreeing on that horse. That would hey, we need a toast. All right, there you go. Toast it up. Toast to the horseman there, sir. Absolutely. So. The uh, biggest uh, rivalry was there with uh, Dusty and Flair going with the Four Horsemen. Now, the Four Horsemen did something very despicable to Dusty. What 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 do you remember about that? Ah, now see, I remember that we were we were talking before the show about me not being on my WCW history, <laughs> but I remember when they broke Dusty's leg. I yeah. mean, man, they when they broke Dusty's leg. I, I so I remember reading that through magazines. I didn't see a lot of w, NWA WCW back then, but I can remember seeing that, and having to go back and watch. Like, whoa, they broke this man's leg! Like, you, yeah, you don't see that a lot in wrestling. You know, not on purpose. They you, we didn't get a lot of those storylines in the eighties WWE because it was more cartoony. It was more geared for kids. But when you're hearing like, man, they broke this guy's leg. Yeah. How you know how bad did they beat him down? So then you turn on the 605 on a Saturday night. You turn on WTBS Atlanta and see it. You're like, my God, you look at them thugs out there, you know, beating this guy down. Well, now you now automatically you're sympathetic to Dusty. Like, man, he's one guy and it took four men plus a manager to beat this guy down. And now they broke his leg and took his career. So, yeah, instant baby face reaction there from a kid. Yeah. And that led into one of the biggest storylines that I remember as a kid. Um, him going up against Ric Flair and trying to get retribution for kind of what they did to him there. And one of the first matches that I remember, dig back through the archives, you'll hear me tell this story, but I remember seeing Rick and Dusty go at it over here in Charlotte. And I remember just how loud the crowd was and how invested everybody was because they wanted to see Rick get his ass beat. Oh yeah, They, they wanted to see that man go down. And Dusty was the common man, the man of the people, and he was going to lay the smackdown on rick that night yeah you had rick had to get his come up and so i mean you know that was the formula you got a, a hot heel that does some heinous stuff and then all of a sudden you know the baby face gets his comeback sometime or another and especially here in carolina being being in the heart of flair country you wouldn't expect them to you know be so against flair but i that was the nature of that rivalry i mean Dusty was that sympathetic babyface that everybody wanted to see succeed. And Rick was just that highfalutin, you know, top-notch guy that everybody wanted to see fail. So, I mean, their their rivalry was a match made in heaven. You know, it was 
perfect timing, perfect characters. You know, they had the look they had, you know, Ric Flair and three-piece suits and, you know, the long blonde hair. Then you got Dusty, who was a little heavy, baby. He was a little heavy. So, you know, they they looked the parts that they played. Everything just went into that. You know, it was was like a formula that you couldn't dissect any other way. And then, you know, he obviously got his his win against the Four Horsemen. Uh, But then, you know, in there, he was kind of uh, booking a little bit, uh, as they say, within the old NWA, WCW. He did a little bit of uh, creation of shows. Uh, we know him for the Bash at the Beach. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was one of the shows that he created, and he also was the creator of War Games. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, or as Regal would say, War Games. Oh yeah, now you got it. We we almost need him in here to say that. <laughs> to say it. To bring up War Games, but I mean, yeah, the, you know, Dusty would, if I remember right, he went in with the Road Warriors against uh, the Four Horsemen in, at the at the War Games. He did. Who was their other partner? Do you remember? Ah uh, man, it could have been Sting. It could have been Lex. I can't remember who it was. I was so initially I was thinking Magnum TA, but then I was like, that might have been after Magnum's time. I think it was after Magnum. Yeah, I think it was after Magnum. He was. In that car wreck, and I don't think he. Yeah, he was somebody out there knows. Somebody out there tweet us messages. Let us know who that other person yep. was. But. but what I do remember from that match is somebody from the Four Horsemen took a Road Warrior spike off of their uh, entrance gear there and shoved it in Dusty's eye. Yeah, yeah. that I do remember. Yeah, they 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 went. So again, you know, kind of the same thing <laughs> with the leg breaking. You know, they went to an extreme, and it's like my goodness, yeah. you know. But that was what one of the, doing? that was one of Dusty's things though. Was it had to be believable? Yeah, yeah. It, it had to be real. It had to be believable. And even though, you know, they they did their best to kind of put it all together, you know, back then the curtain wasn't as far as pulled back as it is today. No, God, no. <laughs> so, so back then a lot of people were looking at that going, oh, my God, they just really got that dude and spiked his eye. Yeah, well, I like, mean, what did we learn in the A&A biography that they did on Dusty? That Dusty was even kayfabing the kids. Right. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> Dusty was in gimmick 24-7. He's walking around the neighborhood on it with a cast, with on, a his cast leg. on his leg. You know, crutches and all that so i mean you know the neighbors the local local people around you know they they were he was kayfabing them he was living the gimmick as rick flair would say yeah and like you said you know the curtain gets pulled back so far now but i mean that's part of a lost start too is that yeah. living the gimmick uh so kudos to like those like mjf who you know lives lives the gimmick 24 7 yep just because that's really a lost start of wrestling and I don't mind, you know, I don't, so I don't dislike the curtain being pulled back to a point, but I mean, but I'm older. So, you know, it's different for me who's been a fan for 30 some years. I, the curtain had been pulled back, you know, periodically. I, I've learned a lot whether they intended before me to or not. But now it's just kind of out there, just like blow, you know, yeah. <laughs> too much, too much. Yeah, a little too much. <laughs> so, so that was uh, NWA Dusty. Uh, There's a lot there that we could t- continue to go on and on about. But let's go ahead and transition into the WWE Dusty. So, ah, Dusty, Frank, polka dots, Dusty. Polka dots, All Dusty. right, so. polka, the polka dots, baby. Yeah, <laughs> out there with his main lady, Sapphire. <laughs> Sapphire. Oh, I remember Sapphire, man. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that for a minute. I know. That's what I'm here for. I fill in the blanks. (laughs) But yeah, Dusty Rose was out there with Sapphire. You know, he had had to have his main lady, a common woman with a common man. Common man. Uh So what did we see Dusty do in WWE? What common man jobs did uh, Dusty do? Yeah, them vignettes, they they started (laughs) off. Dusty was taking out the trash. He he was a garbage man. He was a plumber. Hell, Dusty put roofs on houses. Anything vintage 
Vince and the boys needed done to their house. Hell, all of a sudden, Dusty was Dusty an expert. Was there. Yeah, <laughs> they would call out for some work to have done and put Dusty in a dirty tank top and some jeans and tell him, "Hell, stand with these guys over here and act like you know what's going on." And Dusty would go out there and he'd he'd cut a promo and end it with a big smile and just say, "Oh, that's so sweet, so that's so sweet." sweet. <laughs> but uh, his career in in WWE. I don't think it was as magical as the the career there in the NWA. Yeah, well, so so part one is what you just said. You know, Dusty was a booker in NWA when mm-hmm. he was there. When he was in WWE, he was just talent. Right. So he didn't he couldn't get himself into those angles. You, you know, we didn't mention Dusty was a three time NWA heavyweight champion of he the was, world. That he was. Dusty wasn't no heavyweight champion in WWE. He's just a heavyweight. But <laughs> that, you know, it, oh I, come on now, come on, don't, just a heavyweight. Yeah, just a heavyweight. Just a heavyweight. I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, he's just a heavyweight. He wasn't no heavyweight champion. But <laughs> it, it, when Dusty was in WWE, I mean, he got there during the Hulk Hogan run there there wasn't room at the top for any other baby faces to be the top guy so you know as much charisma as much uh, you know everything that Dusty brought to the table there wasn't room at the top at that point in time had he got there a few years later after Hulk left before they went with the youth movement there may have been room for Dusty in there or hell had he got there before Hulk had he had he went to WWF in 83 you know, before Hulk Hogan got there, we may have never got Hulk Hogan. We may have only ever had the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. But the time that he got there, you know, he was there in 89, 90, early 91 before he left. Yeah, when he was there for that, there just wasn't room for Dusty to be a top guy. So, I mean, he he was a upper mid-card guy, but probably really different for him, you know, to experience that after having been, you know, top guy for almost a decade going into it. But right. Probably also a little bit of relief. I've read in other places that Dusty said he had the most fun though in those years that he was in the WWF because he didn't have all that other responsibility. Yeah, he he was just able to just uh, showcase yeah. him as a talent. Come Whether to work, you go home. That was yep. it. And that's all he had to worry about. There was no backstage. There was no drama. There was come to work, get your assignment, go out there and do what you do best. And wrap it up. So, yeah. and even though he he may not have had you know some of those magic moments in the ring in WWE. You know, his promos never fell off. He no, was always no, no. on lock when it came to putting a mic in front of his face. Absolutely. Well, I'm so formula, formula again. You know, they WWE was smart enough to put him against the characters he needed to be put up against to succeed. You know, feuds he had in WWF at the time, Big Boss Man, you know, who was a correctional officer who was, you know, assaulting inmates and things like that. So who's going to stand up for these inmates that are getting assaulted? Common Man. Mm. You know, the Macho King, Randy macho Savage. King. <laughs> you know, who who's going to, who's the primary candidate to oppose a king? Right. The Common Man. The Common Man. The Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to oppose him? The common man. The common man. So, I mean, they put him in the best positions to succeed for the type of character that he portrayed. But again, he just couldn't be Hulk Hogan because there was already Hulk Hogan in Hulk Hogan's spot. You know, I think you hit kind of the, the, the nail on the head there when you compared Dusty to Austin, uh, the, the comparison there with how, you know, Austin was the common man going against his exactly. boss of events. Yeah. You know, Dusty was that, that character yeah. way before Stone Cold Steve. Way Austin. before. And I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else correlate those two together, but no, I when either. you, when you think about it, you know, when you think it through, so bust it open when you guys shout this one out, <laughs> or when you guys when you guys just happen to be going over Dusty, and all of a sudden you find that correlation there. Go ahead and cite your source cite next your time. There but, now. 
Yeah, it's like <laughs> next time, cite your source. And then, unlike previous times, go ahead and just say where you heard it. It's cool. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean. Dave LeGray could give us a call. There you go. I mean, right. We're already, we're always ready to guest star. You know, we don't even have an appearance fee. We're here for That's it. That's right. We do that for free. We do that just for the pro, just for the promo. But <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, I mean, like you said, Austin pulled a lot of things from Dusty, even if Austin doesn't know it. I mean, we know Austin, you know, worked under Dusty in his WCW time. You know he learned something there because who didn't run into Dusty, you know, on a day-to-day basis and not take something away? Right. And if you if you did do that, if you're that character that ran into Dusty or you had interactions with him and didn't take something away, damn you, you know, because you, you killed yourself. You could have learned a lot. You could have done a lot better for yourself. Even Hulk Hogan said on the bio, mm. he took a lot of stuff from Dusty. Yep. I mean, that's Hulk Hogan. That's the biggest name in wrestling, bar none. Yep. Even he he readily admitted he took stuff from Dusty because he wanted to be Dusty at some time. Ric Flair said on his podcast he wanted to be Rambling Ricky Rhodes at one point in time because he was so he had so much admiration for Dusty. He just wanted to get in on the gimmick because he wanted to supplement Dusty. Ric Flair, second biggest name in wrestling, <laughs> bar none, and readily admits he took from Dusty. If you didn't take from Dusty, you're a fool. I yeah. mean, there's nothing else you can say. If you didn't take something from him, you're a fool. So let's uh let's let's use that point and transition into our our last point here that we're going to talk about today is the NXT Dusty. Uh but let's rewind it just a little bit and talk about late WCW Dusty. Oh, we can't forget that Dusty. Yeah, because that Dusty had a huge impact when it came to Dustin Rhodes. Yep. And his career. Ah, well, Dustin Rhodes. Let, let's go back. Let, let's go back to WWE. Let's not let, let's not fade, fade or venture out of WWE mm. just yet. Yep. Because Dustin actually got his WWE start with Dusty. With Dusty. In an angle with Million Dollar Man and and uh, Virgil. They were outside and uh, outside of the ring watching the watching a Saturday night's main event, I think it was, where they, you know, basically beat up Dusty or Dustin. And Dusty had to try and go out there and make the save. You know, he couldn't make the save, so he just rescued his son. I mean, yep. you know, anybody who saw the biography would have seen it. Anybody who remembers it knows. I mean, you know, just seeing Dusty laying there on his back with his son bloody and laying in his arms just crying. I mean, you could feel that emotion. I remember as a child feeling that emotion. Absolutely. I was, 13 at the time, yeah, he was, but I remember he was screaming, that. my boy, my boy. Yeah, <laughs> you're just looking like, man, you know, and like, up till that point, you didn't see a lot of outside the ring activity like that. You would see a match or somebody, but you didn't see people getting jumped outside the ring. Now, I had seen Dustin in in, in NWA, WCW mm-hmm. before he got to, uh, before Dusty left as the natural, but I mean, he was a really green rookie at yeah. that point in time, so I don't even know if he had laced him up yet, but... So I knew who he was. So it wasn't like it was shocking to me that, you know, they were beating this. But not everybody had seen WCW, NWA at that point in time. Not everybody had access to that. Right. So you got some guys looking like, man, he just beat this kid, this dude's kid up, you know, out of the blue. You know, they didn't know. And again, the curtain hadn't been pulled back like it is no. now. So it wasn't that apparent to a, a lay person watching a Saturday night's main event that this was an angle. You know, a lot of the people that watch Saturday Night's main event used to tune in for Saturday Night Live and wonder what the hell is going on here. And they would just leave the TV on because they were conditioned to watch NBC on Saturday night at 1135. 
Now they're seeing this dude get mauled out here. I mean, <laughs> Dustin, you know, with that flowing blonde hair he had, you know, it's covered in red. You got Dusty who's nice flowing Kentucky blonde. waterfall. Yeah, you got <laughs> Dusty covered in blood, you know, screaming, my boy, my, my I boy. can't believe they did this to my boy. I mean, when you're you just remember the image now, that was jarring. You yeah. know? So it just goes to show, though, you know, when Dusty was, not only was he a good booker, but I mean, he could also be a great character. Correct. You know, he sold that story like nobody else could have because at the time second generation third generation wrestlers interacting with their previous you know with their fathers their parents whatever the case may be wasn't really a thing like it is today yep. so that was kind of i mean that was innovative of itself you know him introducing his son and then having that kind of angle yeah and then you know with, with dustin that kind of started the twilight of dusty's career uh where you know the in-ring action kind of faded away and Dusty as a producer, booker again, and then just a teacher. It, you know, that's kind of where he wound up. And, you know, looking at everything that we've seen about Dusty and, you know, unfortunately he's not around to kind of talk to him or pick his brain. But you kind of get the feeling that that was maybe the part of his career that he enjoyed the most. Oh, yeah. I mean, sitting there and just being the learning tree for all these people to kind of sit on. Absolutely. And, you know, as as he was going to be able to see some of the guys start ascending to that next level. And I mean, now, you know, those, those of us who those of us who are believing would say Dusty's watching right now. I mean, could you imagine you how proud he is of watching all Smiling his kids? Smiling from ear to ear. And, you know, all because <laughs> he called them his kids. You know, yep. can you imagine how proud he is of watching his kids doing the great things that they're doing in the world of wrestling today? I mean, Roman and Cody, they went through it at their WrestleMania main event a couple a couple of weeks ago or so. It, they they laid it out. They said, hey, you know, both of them are, you know, no, no, didn't hold back at all. They readily were accepting of, you know, we give all the credit of our careers to Dusty Rhodes because, I mean, he made two WrestleMania main eventers. Yeah, I mean, he made, he literally made one. <laughs> and, I mean, he figuratively <laughs> made another. So, yep. But uh, if you look at kind of the programming of pro wrestling within the past five years, Dusty's fingerprints are everywhere. Everywhere. Whether it's WWE, AEW, New Japan, Impact, it doesn't matter where you look. Dusty's fingerprints are there. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean, talking about just, you know, Roman, um, Dean, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins Cody, Dustin, what the I mean, ladies, Becky, Even the Charlotte. people that he touched that are, you know, like, look at who Dustin's working with now in AEW. Look who Cody worked with, with the Nightmare Factory. I, yep. You know, all of that's remnants of Dusty. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a little dust sprinkled around all over the place now, <laughs> you know, as far as the world of wrestling goes. Yeah, I so think even, that will be for a long time to come. Absolutely, man. I mean, just some of the concepts that this man had um, as far as events, uh, match types, um, I don't know, but I'm going to go on and say maybe he did invent the Texas bull rope match. I don't know if he uh, did yeah, or that, not, I but that that's was a guarantee. That's an infamous match with that's Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> uh, and then you got war games, you got, you know, several other uh, match types. But the thing that I'll always remember about Dusty is he made you believe. And, and if you want to dig through the archives and listen to uh, an episode, um, you know, we, we've kind of talked about some of the things that he's done, but you know, if, if anything, Dusty just made you believe Dusty made you feel, yeah. he, he made you look at what was going on on TV and go, 
damn. Yeah, you were invested. Are they okay? Like, yeah, you were invested. <laughs> you were invested. Whether or, not it was a, whether or not it was Dusty himself or, like you said, something Dusty created, you yeah. were invested one way or another because it was intriguing. I mean, you know, Dusty, again, as we stated, he knew how to reach the people. You know, he knew how to type, he knew how to reach through that TV screen and grab a common man's attention and say, hey, pay attention to this for a little bit. And if you were a wrestling fan or sometimes even if you were just a lay fan, you were watching. Yep. So uh, that's kind of a, a little trip down memory lane there for Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, again, him being the NWA, WCW, uh, WWE, and NXT Dusty. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the flavors. Now, going back to what we're seeing current day with Cody. Cody is bringing back some of the nostalgia, bringing back some of those old storylines that Dusty was a part of. Yeah. He's Uh, making it cool to be a professional wrestler again. I mean, you know, and I get it. That's AEW's tagline. You know, we're pro wrestlers. We're not sports entertainment or whatnot. But because everybody is that way over in AEW and you got just a few that are more sports entertainers, that's kind of what makes them stand out. It's working the reverse way over in WWE. It makes Cody stand out more because he is unapologetically a professional wrestler. He's not, you know, he's not shying away from it. He, even though it's not a WWE liking term, you know, he goes out there and says it on any given option because that's what he strives to be. He wants to be the best professional wrestler there is. Yep. And that's definitely a dusty, you know, a dusty teaching. So let's, they're going to do it, be the best. So let, let's uh, let's let's put our booking hat on for just a minute. Let's think about something for a minute. Dusty Rhodes in his prime, Dustin Rhodes in his prime, Cody Rhodes in his prime. Three way dance, who wins? Oh well, hell, Dusty would book it. So I mean, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's a, that's Dusty would book it. Dusty would book <laughs> it. So yeah, it, it, Dusty would. Yeah, and it, so it may go. I mean, it may go rounds. Like it may, you know, Dusty may not put himself over in the first match. But if Dusty knew he was going to get a five, a best out of five, then hell, Dusty's winning. Three. Dusty's going over. But yeah, if it, if it was a one on one, you know, one on one on one match, you know, for the best. In all honesty, today, if we, let's say we take them all from today. I would almost say he would put over Dustin. I think he would. I think he would put over Dustin because just watching the bio, just yeah. some of the stuff Dusty said, it always seems like Dusty had that 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 hurt in his heart that he wasn't really there for Dustin. And, you know, he tried to pay that back by being there for Cody. But, I mean, you know, Dustin always got the short end of that. So, in all in all, if we had to be completely honest and even keel, I'd say Dusty <laughs> would put over. He would get Dustin put over in that match yeah. for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> all right, everybody. So, that's our stroll down memory lane today for uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, Dreaming of Hard Times. All right. <laughs> hard, time. hard times. Hard times. Hard times is when you ain't got no food on the table. <laughs> hard times is when them lights ain't getting cut on. Amen. Man. All right. I don't know nothing else about hard times, y'all. So I'm gonna go ahead and stop right there. But. All right. We thank you for listening today. Again, hit us up on our social media platforms. Drop us a line. Tell us your memories about Dusty and in what you thought of him as a, a pro wrestler. We're always willing to uh reach out there and talk and, and always interested to see what you got to say. And do me a favor out there and never forget the name of <laughs> Old Dust. <laughs> Old dust. Oh, yeah. Old dust. (laughs) Old dust. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And with that, we bid you adieu. Peace. Today's podcast was produced by SVP. 
You can find our podcast on all major podcast platforms. Also connect with us on our social media accounts. Search for The Booker's Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.